folks, and welcome to the Transitional Wisdom Podcast, where Nash and I discuss all things trans and career-related from a variety of different perspectives. Today, we have a special guest we'd like to introduce. Uh, I'm Shannon, and I have a 14-year-old, newly 14-year-old son who is transgender, and he transitioned, well, totally transitioned uh, when he was 10. So... And I live in Washington. And how old is he now? Four, just turned 14. Like, like on the 13th. Okay. It's newly 14. Yes. Share with us some of the stuff about Arrows coming out. How did that look for you as like the parent? You know, did you have an idea of something was coming? Did he just come to you one day and tell you? It kind of was like this really long process. Um he never seemed like a stereotypical little girl. He didn't really play with dolls. He wanted cars and trucks and he wanted to wrestle. And, um, and I was a tomboy when I was little. So I was like, Oh, like my kids, a tomboy, I totally know how to raise a tomboy. Like, like I wasn't super girly. And so I was like, I can, I totally got this. Um, and there were all these little things like, oh, I think he was maybe three and a half. And he just one day realized that his body wasn't like his dad's. And, um, and it was super upsetting to him. So he thought a penis was a bone that came out of your butt which I thought this is really funny and I'm going to totally share this at his wedding someday because it's really funny. Um, but it was really upset. I mean, for months he cried every day because he didn't have this body part. It's so interesting. And I, you know, that was 11 years ago and there was nothing about people being transgender. You know, I, you know, like the closest thing I ever heard to it was a tranny, which was an offensive term. So I just thought, okay, well this, you know, he just wants to be like dad, like that's kind of cool. Um, and then he would have these little spurts of like, Hey mom, call me son today. Okay. That's fine. Like one of my daughters wanted me to call her Jacob Wolf, you know, Jacob from twilight. So I was like, okay, this no big deal, whatever. Um, and then things kind of chilled. Like he, sorry, he wore, you know, hand-me-downs from his cousins who were male, um, and got teased quite a bit. Um, 
but he loved it. I mean, he had this awesome Spider-Man jacket in kindergarten that he loved and stopped wearing because somebody teased him because he was a girl. Um, so all these little things that I just kept thinking, he's just a tomboy. He's just a tomboy. And then I heard the term, um, gender creative. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well that maybe fits a bit more. That's, you know, seems more like what he's dealing with because he wasn't a hundred percent masculine, but he also really wasn't very feminine. Um, every time they played house, he was always the dad, sorry, or the pet, one or the other, the dad or the pet. Um, and, and I was just like, okay, this is whatever. So by the time he was in third grade, is when things started to get more, I don't know what the right word is, more confusing. He um, cut all of his hair off, got rid of everything feminine that he owned. Did he talk um, to you about that? Or is that something he did like kind of on his own? He just started to, um, I mean, the haircut, obviously. <laughs> the haircut, yeah. And I was told, I mean... I was, it's just hair. I don't really care what my kids do with their hair. So it wasn't a big deal. Um, the getting rid of the feminine stuff. I mean, each year when school started, he always wanted to get something in the boy section for his first, first day outfit. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe he just, you know, there's a lot of girls that are more into wearing clothes that are more masculine. And so I was like, okay, that's, what it's clothes. Like, I don't care. No big deal. Plus his sisters got all his hand-me-downs, which meant I didn't have to buy clothes for them for a quick minute. So I was fine with it. Um, but that sparked a lot of conversations. Um, lots of conversations. Hey, Arrow, how do you like, are you okay with your body? Are do you like your body parts? Are you okay with who you are? Which just caused more confusion because some days he'd be like, yeah, I'm totally cool with my body. And some days he'd be like, no, I hate the fact that I'm going to have boobs someday. And I hate the fact that I have a vagina and that I don't have a penis. And um, So did you talk to him about like normal, like what, sorry, quote, like normal puberty, like what girls go through, what boys go through? And that's how totally. he- Totally. Okay. And so that's how totally. he was able to say like, I don't want boobs and stuff. Yeah, puberty talks in our house happened, like, by kindergarten. So, like, sex and bodies have always been a super open topic. So, um... So he knew what to expect in that in that way. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to have a period, like, sweet Jesus. Yeah, I remember speaking with you about that, like, a couple uh, of years ago. <laughs> yeah, so... So his dad had talked to him... I think the beginning of fourth grade, they went out and his dad was like, can you please just keep one thing feminine? Just one thing like earrings. And it crushed Arrow and Arrow hadn't come out to us yet. So we were My like, dad did the same thing. It's so interesting. Really? Yeah. The earrings. Oh. It's so funny that earrings are feminine. Right? Yeah. Like he wanted me to wear diamond earrings, like diamond studded earrings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. And wanted Arrow to wear, you know, girly hoop something and arrow wore like he had um 
coffin earrings from Nightmare Before Christmas. And those were the earrings he would wear, like totally gender neutral earrings. And so Dan felt horrible and ended up apologizing. And and by the time fourth grade started, he looked like a stereotypical little boy. Just short hair, all masculine clothing. Um, he His best friend was a boy. He played football at recess. Just there was nothing feminine left, which, you know, I didn't really think much of it. Like, it didn't concern me. Um, and then the talks about body became more and more prevalent. It was almost daily. And it was me bringing it up. And come on, we got to keep talking about this so I understand what you're going through and how I can help you. And he'd seen therapists. And none of the therapists really, I mean, mostly he was seeing therapists for his anxiety. Um, but one of his therapists was like, wow, he really changed. Like the way he sits is completely different. The way he carries himself is different. And I, you know, living with him, you don't notice it as much. It's more subtle. And so yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like he does that man sit with like legs apart, elbows on the knees, you know? And, uh, and so right around Christmas, maybe right before Christmas in fourth grade, um, we went to the fruit company to get massive amounts of fruit and he held the door open for this elderly man. And the guy was like, well, thank you, young man. And the way Arrow's face changed, I was like, that's not normal. That's n like something's up. And he came running over to me, mom, mom, he thought I was a boy. And it used to bug Arrow when people thought he was a boy. Like, he was proud of the fact that he was a girl and was stronger and faster than a lot of boys. And so I thought, well, this is something interesting. So we continued the talks, and all of a sudden, he was like, hey, can you use masculine pronouns for me just when we're at home and we don't have company? And I was like, okay, Shannon needs to do some research so I got online and I was like, my little girl wants to be a boy. Like, I didn't even know what to right. what look type? up because I didn't, the word transgender still had not come across my path. I mean, that was, you know, he's in eighth grade now. And so I was just like, shit, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I read a couple really good articles and I wish I had saved them. Um, and they were about kids who needed to transition and um but I still was like but that's not arrow like he's not really like it was still this feeling it out kind of phase and so uh his sisters were cool like they didn't slip up using masculine pronouns just at home with nobody there um and Right after Christmas, uh, I think it was in March, it was before Easter, um, Arrow was like, he was sitting at the table, we were all sitting in the living room, we could all hear him and see him, he's like, he stood on the chair and he's like, guys, I'm a boy, and we were like, wow, you really make so much more sense now, <laughs> like... 
What a cool way to share that, though. Like, just right? like, it was just like stand up on the chair and tell everyone. Right. I mean, in that moment, I was like, God, his whole existence makes way more sense. Like, all of his anxiety issues and his sensory issues were all tied to this one thing that he couldn't or didn't have words for. Yeah. Lots of talks, lots of talks. And, uh, we didn't post anything about it on Facebook at that point. Dan didn't want to tell his family. His family, um, his dad is a retired uh, Air Force chaplain, pastor, which is great. They love Jesus and they love the Bible and that works so well for them. And for me growing up in a really conservative home, like I didn't agree with a lot of this stuff on sexuality. Um, like I knew from a young age that I thought girls were really hot and, but I couldn't, I couldn't like girls. I had to like boys, which was fine at the time. Like it wasn't horribly detrimental to me. And I got, you know, I married an amazing man and had three amazing kids. Um, but my thoughts were really different. So it didn't, it was this thing in my core that was like getting really screwed up because of this. You had a general like understanding of like being open-minded. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I even knew like, you know, if you read the Bible, the, you know, the biggest commandments to love God and to love your neighbor. So everything else is just whatever. Just love people and get over your shit and love people. So, um we were really struggling. Like, how do we tell people? Like, how do we tell people? And right, like the day after Arrow told us that he was a boy. Um, so Dan was a youth pastor many, many years ago. And one of the girls that had been in our youth group, uh, we were friends on Facebook and she private messaged me and was like, Hey, I've noticed some things about your kid. And at the time we hadn't changed his name. So he was still using his, his, well, he was going by AJ at the time. Um, you know, I've noticed things about AJ and I really think you should come see the doctor I work for. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? Like, did you some weird thing in a photo in his eye and he's got like cancer? Like, I, I had no clue. And she worked for an endocrinologist and I'm like, well, that's like diabetes stuff. Like, he's not diabetic. And so she's like, Shannon, we have a tea clinic. And it's for kids who are transitioning. And I'm like, I don't even know the words you're saying. Like, what are you talking about? And so she got me connected with Dr. Selva in Portland, who is phenomenal. And um, within a couple weeks, we had a, a, like a, we had to go to Transactive to get a referral to go to, to Dr. Selva. And the person that saw us at Transactive was like, this normally takes like a month to process, but I'm going to put you through like now, like, like he needs to see Dr. Selva. And so, which was amazing because, you know, he was getting really bullied at school and um, just so much anxiety and we didn't, we had no idea what to do. Like, we didn't know that being transgender really, I mean, I read a couple articles, but like, 
it was still really confusing. So, um, so yeah, we, we saw Dr. Selva and, um, March came around. So between December and March was when we saw Dr. Selva for the first time. And in March, Arrow realized he was developing breast buds and I have never experienced my child being in so much pain, not like, but I mean, it was physical pain. It was emotional pain. It was mental pain. It was like this. I had never seen anything like it. And Dan was, you know, we need to put the brakes on. We need to see therapists. We need to go to the doctor more. We need to, you know, have all of our ducks in a row before we tell family. And that night, Dan was like, yeah, we just need to tell people like, we need to let our son be who he is. So um, we both wrote a coming out thing on Facebook and we, we didn't post it until we had told our families and um, my dad was super against it, went against everything he believed biblically, wasn't going to accept it, which was really difficult. And, um, something in me was just like, it's okay. Just let it be like, don't fight it. Don't force him to believe what you believe. Just let him witness the difference in arrow. Dan's parents at first were like this. We figured you were going to come tell us this. And I was impressed that they even knew what that was because I didn't. Um, but then things changed with his parents and they wrote this huge long letter to us with we need all these things answered before we can get on board with this. And it was things like, we think Arrow's doing this because he doesn't want to have big boobs like his mom. We think Arrow's doing this because Shannon supports LGBT and he wants to impress his mom. Most of it was like in regards to me, which was slightly offensive. Um, I, so Dan went back to his parents and was like, we don't have to answer any of these things for you. You're either going to love your grandson or you're not going to love your grandson. It's your choice. What a great guy. Yeah. I let my dad have some time. My mom and my sister were fine. My brother, I don't really talk to my brother, so I have no idea how he feels. Um, but I gave my dad like a month or so and I called him back and I let him know statistics. Cause I thought, my dad likes statistics. He likes knowledge. And so I'm like, look, here are the statistics for these kids who do not have supportive families who try or successfully do commit suicide. And I said, I don't care if I am doing the most horribly sinful thing by allowing my son to be who he is because I am, I'm saving his life by letting him be who he is. Or I'm, I'm hoping to prevent any suicide. I mean, he was suicidal in fourth grade and it was terrible. So my dad does not get choked up. My dad does not cry really. And he got very choked up and he was like, look, I'm not going to do anything that would hurt my family. I love my grandkids. And from that day, Nash, he never has messed up Arrow's name, has never messed up his gender. He takes him out. He does boy stuff with him. He doesn't really do anything with the girls, but he does all these let's go be men kind of things like let's go throw the football and let's go drive race cars like, you know, remote control cars and I'm going to take you driving. And he knows how to connect with him as a boy. He 
totally. I mean, they always connected because Arrow was never really girly. And it just like my dad is always like my grandson this and my grandson that. And, um, so it was, re- it was really cool. My, my mom is horrible with pronouns and it is really painful. And Arrow's sisters are amazing at correcting people. They're not always nice about it, but they're amazing at it. And they, if you misgender their brother, they like hardcore will call you out. Like they're, it's been four years, you know, he's a boy. Like, good for them. Wow. That's amazing. They were great from the start. You know, my middle one, especially Jovi, she, because she was, she's only 15 months younger than Arrow. And so she was a little bit more able to understand kind of what was going on. And Finley was having a really hard time. Like, but I have a sister. I don't understand. And she, my youngest was so feminine, like pink princesses, unicorns, mermaids, everything. So why in the world would somebody want to be a boy? Like, that's just dumb. So for her, we, I went on YouTube and I found, um, Oh my gosh, why can't I think of her name? Oh, she's a trans girl and she had her own TV show. Oh, Jazz Jennings? Jazz, yes. I am Jazz. I had her watch a couple episodes. Well, she got it for Jazz because Jazz was a girl. And she was just like enthralled with Jazz's room and Jazz's clothes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're almost there. You're almost there. So it took her... It took her a little while to get it, but even though she didn't get it, she was still very good at pronouns, like never messed up, never said sister, never said she, Um, which was really impressive because, I mean, I don't know that I would have cared that. I mean, if it had been my sister, yes. If it had been my brother, I probably wouldn't have cared so much as a kid. And I probably would have purposely messed up his gender just to be a dick. Like, which is terrible because I would never do that now. But as a kid, like, my brother and I didn't get along. So, of course, I would have messed it up. So, so yeah, it was a really long process for Arrow coming out. And then, like, at what point did he actually start taking the blockers? Or, like, what was that? How did that start off? He started, um, well, it was a really frustrating process. So they have to test you for like what phase of puberty you're in. And you have to be in a certain phase of puberty or it's just not going to do you any good. And is that a blood test in order to figure that out? Yeah. So they do, they draw your blood and then they, um, give you Lupron or Suprelin, whatever, whichever one they're using. And then they give you they take another blood draw and then a 24 hour blood draw. And it's just to see if it switches your hormones. So the first one was just a straight blood draw and that came back. Nope. You're not in the right stage of puberty. And I have on video how horrible it was for arrow to hear that. And just painful because he knew he was, he was developing breast buds and he knew that meant that as soon as he started developing breasts, he was going to start his period, which would have 
probably caused him to do something drastic to take his life. Um, and I called his doctor and I said, I was like, no, like, I know my son is in the right phase. Like you, there has to be something else we can do. And she's like, I agree. I don't think this was accurate. Let's do the 24 hour one. So we did. And sure enough, it was, yep, you're at the right place. Let's get blockers in you. So, um, October when he was in fifth grade, um, he went in and had a, a the Suprelin implant put in and he could have opted for shots. But at that time he was horrified of needles. Like, I mean, it took two hours for the first blood draw that Dr. Selva ever did. Um, so for him, it was better to be put under and have this thing stuck in his arm. And we were like, okay, that's fine. So sure enough, it suppressed everything. His breasts stopped growing. Um, so did they stay where they had already grown to or did they go back down? No, they didn't go down. They just kind of stayed where they were. Um, and he'll have to be on suppression until his testosterone levels are high enough that his body's not going to fight it anymore. So, um, he has it replaced like every other year and they, you know, every few months we go in and they check his blood and make sure everything is nicely suppressed and functioning properly. Um, so they won't do estrogen blocker pills for him? No, it was either a shot or a implant. Is that because of his age or? Um, I didn't even know they were available. It could have been age and it could have been insurance. I mean, I know it was a fight for the insurance to do the implant. Um, they Because the shots are cheaper. And I'm assuming that, you know, the pills are probably not super inexpensive. Um, so yeah. And then his doctor is amazing and was like, Hey, I normally wait until you're 14, 14 and a half to start you on testosterone, but we're going to start you at 13 and a half. And, um, which was like a million Christmas days in one. It was like the best appointment ever. Um, so he started in June and, um, and of course being on testosterone makes your breasts grow, which goes away. But just at the beginning, you develop what look like breasts, but aren't really breasts, uh, which is very difficult for arrow, very difficult. He doesn't like the feel of binders and we've tried a million binders. We've tried just, you know, like tank tops that are tight, um, so he just wears really baggy clothes and is constantly pulling at them. And um, I'm like, just, it'll go away. Like they'll, they'll go away. It just takes time. Like you've only been on it since June. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a process. Unfortunately, it's a process. And he called me out. He called me out on it, which I was really, really proud of him. Um, he was having a really dysphoric moment and I was like, buddy, you're okay. And he looked at me and he grabbed my shoulders and he said, please do not tell me I'm okay when I am not okay. And I was like, oh, yep. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I really appreciate how he's able to like stand up for himself and say, you know, the things that he says, like announcing his gender, like 
telling you that that's not okay. Like he's not okay. Like that, that takes a really strong kid. Like I, yeah, I could not imagine doing that at his age. Like that's so, it may, it's like bringing tears to my eyes. Like that's so amazing that he's able to like find his voice and do that. Yeah. He has moments where his voice vanishes and he becomes very small, which is frustrating to him, but he also, you know, people can be douches. Kids can be dicks in school. And some kid was, giving him shit about having a vagina and being a girl. And Errol looked at this boy and was like, and having a dick makes you a man. And I was like, what? I would, that would have taken me like a week to come up with that. And then I would have been like, damn it. I should have said that. Like he has some pretty cool, pretty cool comebacks for people that are being mean. So you need to, that's like the best thing you can do is just have the right, you know, have the right thing to say. Does he get bullied a lot or did he get bullied a lot? Fourth grade was horrific. I mean, he was put in a headlock and thrown to the ground and came home with bruises all around his neck. And this school did really nothing, nothing. I mean, I was on the phone or at the school every single day for months. Um, got pushed out of the girls' bathroom. He didn't transition um, school-wise because it was, you know, March. There's only a few more months of school left. Um, and we were going to switch schools for him for fifth grade, which we did. And somebody from his old school was going to his small town. Oh yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So how did you navigate, how did you navigate that when he did switch schools? What, you know, what happened from there? Um, it was, he was terrified the first day of school. I almost didn't even leave the school because he was so terrified. And I talked to the principal and she called the girl in and was like, this is not something we share you don't talk about this. This is his personal business. And sure enough, it got out and kept getting out and kept getting out. And none of the boys in fifth grade wanted to hang out with Arrow. Um, the girls did. The girls girls love him. Like, he has so many. He doesn't really have any guy friends. Female friends? A lot. Like, they love him. And I was like, I know you want guy friends. And you'll you'll get there. But I'm like, it's really cool for a dude to have a lot of female friends, buddy. Like, even if you're not straight, it's still cool to have female friends. Like, like you're going to be this really safe guy that they get to come to when something happens. Um, so fifth grade was bad. Not as bad as fourth grade, but it was bad. He wasn't allowed in the boys' locker room. He was, you know... He went in the boys' locker room one time because the girl's hat was thrown in the boys' locker room. So he went in to get it out. And the PE teacher just demeaned him in front of the whole class. Like, it was bad. He's a boy. Why couldn't he go in the boys' right. locker room? I mean, come on. He was using the boys' bathrooms. I mean, so in October of his sixth grade year, and sixth grade wasn't going well, and he would call me almost daily from school. Um, it wasn't physical bullying. It was just verbal and emotional and which is just as bad. Um, uh, he called me from school and he was like, I'm done. I'm not attending this school anymore. You need to come get me. And I was like, I'm on my way, buddy. So I pulled him out partway through the day and I never took him back. And I, uh, homeschooled him the rest of sixth grade, which was super fun. Like 
Like, I loved hanging out with him. Every, I mean, I'm sure he was tired of just seeing mom every day and was, like, desperate for people his own age. But I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. <laughs> so he, through um, a Pride Alliance that we had started in Hood River, he found this really amazing group of kids who were all, like, all over the place under the rainbow flag, like, queer and bi and trans and non-binary and everything you can think of. And they were amazing and they loved him. And they were like, oh my gosh, you have to come to school with us this year. And they were all eighth graders when he was going into seventh grade. And so sure enough, he's like, mom, I want to go back to my old school. I have all these friends. And he did. And seventh grade was like this magical year for him where he was. He went back to that same school that you had pulled him out of. The original school, the school he was in from first grade through fifth through fourth grade. And it was this great year where he was totally seen and like loved and cared for. And if somebody was a dick, he had all these people around him who would stand up for him. This year's a little harder because those eighth graders are now in ninth grade in high school. But he has this really cool core group of friends who... He's had to stand up for himself a couple times. Like one of them wrote his birth name on his arm and he was broken. Like, why would this person do this? And he wrote her this beautiful letter and explained how he felt. And she felt terrible and cried and hugged him. And I'm so sorry. It wasn't meaning anything to hurt you. And so... It's this funny group of like four girls in Arrow who they all piss each other off and they all love each other and it's the cutest thing. So I'm so glad he yeah. found like a group that you know he feels comfortable in and he connects to and everything. That's so yeah. I think that makes a huge difference because you know getting bullied like sometimes it's inevitable, especially when we're these you know trans kids or these kids that don't fit in with the mainstream like it's inevitable but right if you have just like one or two people who you really feel connected to that care about you it's sometimes it's enough to I think sometimes it's enough to like overshadow the the torture a little bit <laughs> right it's you know you get enough love and care from from your core group that you're like okay I'm totally worthy of this love I'm not some weird monster I'm not a freak you know so absolutely yeah I totally agree so now that he's like you know he he knows his gender he feels comfortable with that identity has he I don't know if he's too young like has he kind of explored what his sexuality is does that has that like has that been influenced at all in any way with the transition um that's so interesting you asked so Arrow I remember one of his uh first crushes was on a boy and and this was before he transitioned. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Um, like my non-binary gender creative kid likes a boy. That's cool. Like, I really don't care who they like. As long as the person treats them like a king or queen, I'm totally cool. Um, uh, but then he had crushes on girls too. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe you're bi. Whatever. And so... Uh, he has pretty much for the last year and a half stuck with I'm pan. I just 
I can be attracted to anybody and everybody and it doesn't matter what their gender is or what their, you know, body parts are. And he, yeah, has crushes on all kinds of people. And I'm like, I think that's great. Like to, you know, to not just be attracted to somebody because they're a guy or because they're a girl, just, you know, because they're a person. Yeah, they just he's like they're just people and I'm going to be attracted to them because they're nice and they're attractive and they're kind and Yeah. So, um I don't think any of my children are actually straight. They are all pretty much pan. Yeah, like they'll just be attracted to anybody. Which is which awesome. Is great. I think it's great because I don't You know, I was raised I was raised Nash Okay, my dad taught us that if you're gay, you should, well, if you're a homo, is what he said, you should be sent to an island and shot to death. Ah, okay. So that, like, and that never felt right. I mean, I was like, but we're Christians and aren't we supposed to love people? Like, that never felt right to me. And I don't know if it's because I was like a little gay girl inside and I just didn't come to terms with it or what, but... It never felt right, and I never, even at a young age, I thought I never want to put on my kids who who they can fall in love with. So I'm, I'm sure that their sexuality will probably change. Just they're so young, and, and I've told them, I'm like, there's nothing that says you guys can't know your sexuality now and that that's what your sexuality is for the rest of your life, but... I keep trying to encourage them, like, don't, don't box yourself into one sexuality. Like, let yourself experience all kinds of things and all kinds of people and all kinds of gender identities and, you know, your, whatever your sexuality is, doesn't really matter because you're going to fall in love with whoever you fall in love with. Right. And I think so, the same as you said, it's okay for them to know their, to know their sexuality now when they're younger. Like, I, I think it's also like that, you know, it's, it's also important that that can change, right? Like that's, a, it's okay yeah. for us to change our minds, like right. all of us as humans, like, cause right. you know what, what we like when we're little, like, you know, inevitably changes, not just attraction, but you know, just even hobbies, interests, like that's part of growing up. Right. right. So it's cool that you're like instilling in them that they're allowed to like who they like and they're allowed to decide later if that's different or, you know, do something that's not part of the norm or whatever. That's really, really fucking cool. So something you said about Arrow earlier, it made me think of something with myself. Like you had said that uh, in the beginning, Arrow had crushes on boys. And Mm -hmm. I remember very well, like my first crushes that I at least acknowledged or told anyone about were on guys. And like, now as an older, like as an adult looking back, it was very much these guys that I had crushes on. It was because I loved them. Like I wanted to be like them. I thought they were attractive. I thought they were super cool. Like girls love them. They were popular. And so I had crushes on them. But in reality, it was like, oh, I wish I was them. Yes. And I'm not saying that that's the same for Arrow necessarily, but I, I think it's interesting that that's kind of, you know, it seems like that's a pattern sometimes with, with trans masculine people that they idolize, yeah, no, you know, he, he did. I mean, he, I even asked him, um, 
Because he kind of drastically switched. Like, when he came out, he just liked girls. And I was like, well, you know, you used to have crushes on boys. What happened? And I remember he told me that one of his crushes, he's like, I just really liked how he dressed or something like that. You know, like, so, yeah, it's the same thing, like, that I want to be like that person. So I'm so these feelings feel like a crush, but it's really I just so desperately want to be seen like a guy, you know, and then also with coming out saying that he likes girls. I mean, for all, you know, for all he knows, that could be because he thinks that's like what the quote norm is. Now he's a boy. He's supposed to like girls. I know that you don't, right. I know you don't instill that in them, but you know, maybe in his head, like he's like, well, if I'm, if I'm a boy now, I have to do the normal things. And that's like girls, you know, who knows? Like, it's right. so interesting how these things, like, that's why I asked if his sexuality has kind of changed since he's transitioned a little bit. Like it's cause it's interesting to see, I think the more that, uh, we get comfortable with like our own identities and our bodies as we transition. It allows us to be more open to different types of relationships or different types of people to date and stuff. Yeah. Why, well, you know, I experienced that. Like I had to really get comfortable with myself before I could be like, I'm really gay. Like, you know, so I totally, I totally get that for arrow. It just, and I'm sure it'll take him years before he, you know, well, I mean, I mean, sexuality can change all the time. So of course we can change when we're adults. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But like being super comfortable in who he is and allowing that to be part of, you know, what helps him make his decisions and in, in everything, not just in who he's attracted to. So then that brings me to my question of like, what, what affected his transition and his like gender and sexuality exploration, how did that affect you or your outlook and your other, your daughters too? Like, did it open up new conversations? Did it allow any of you to explore things that maybe you wouldn't have explored before? Yeah. Um, I think for the girls, um, it just showed them a different kind of human. Um, you know, not different in a negative way, just something they've never experienced. And, um, and it was their brother. So it was super, you know, it's, it's not like somebody that's not really part of their life. You know, they got to see his anxiety and his, um, all the stuff he dealt with, they got to see it firsthand. And then they got to see this huge change in him when he came out and, oh my gosh, this is really so real. Um, which is great because if they never, if they had never experienced that, if Dan and I had never experienced that, it might've changed, you know, how I would see somebody that's transgender now. Like, I don't think I would have negative opinions. I think I just would be like, well, what? I'm not understanding this. So just all the research we've done and the firsthand experience has totally changed how we see gender and sexuality and, and not that those two go hand in hand at all. Um, but I think for the girls, like, you know, watching their brother become who he is, um, has given them this freedom to become who they are. Like my, 
my youngest, like I said, was super feminine and girly and she doesn't, she's not like that anymore. She's, you know, she still wears fairly feminine, not fairly feminine clothes. She wears clothes from the section that's all feminine. Um, a couple, you know, masculine things. Um, but she is like, I don't know that I feel like I'm a boy or a girl. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, we can go with this. Sometimes kids do things for attention. Sometimes they don't, but I'm like, whatever, this is not a big deal. Like, we're just going to go with this and it's close. And if, you know, this continues and you don't want to have female pronouns used for you, I'm totally cool using they, them or whatever, whatever sound you want made for your pronoun. Um, uh, and my middle daughter, like she, she's totally like, she's pretty, uh, introverted, but she's, you know, like the way she dresses has changed. Like, I feel like she has this freedom in our family to dress how she feels would best represent who she is. Um, which is cool. When I was a kid, I, we couldn't dress to, to represent who we were. Um, uh, and then, you know, I think, you know, it's changed how our parents view this, you know, Dan's parents, my dad wouldn't, they would never have changed their opinion on it. I don't think had it not been their grandson who was trans, if it had just been somebody in a church or somebody that they met, it wouldn't have touched them hard enough to, to change their, their thinking. So, um, it's pretty cool to watch these changes happen. And then for me, like watching my son who was 10 when he came out and that's so young, like to be so confident in who you are at 10 years old, like blew my mind. Like I've never, I was never confident in who I was or what I was doing or, and so you know, this year when I, when I got to, I got divorced cause I'm gay, but I don't, I don't think that I would have, I don't think I would have had the courage. I mean, Dan knew I liked girls. The kids knew I liked girls. Like what straight woman points out hot chicks to their husband? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's kind of obvious. Um, but I don't think I would have had the courage to say, I have to, I have to honor this part of me. And as much as I love and care for Dan, I can't do that when I'm with him. Um, and which was heartbreaking because he is my best friend. We have been together since 96. So that's a lot of, yeah, that's a big part (laughs) of your life. So, you know, figuring out at 41, that this was, I had to honor this. I had to be true to myself. I don't think I would have done that, Nash, had I not witnessed Arrow. Oh, my heart. Being himself. Like, <laughs> like, and I waited. I waited a while to tell, tell Arrow. You know, I gave it, you know, like a month or two after I moved out and, and, you know, we had told the kids. And I said, I need to tell you something and in no way 
does this make you responsible for my choices? But I let him know that, you know, watching him be so brave and so confident in who he was, like, without fault, like, never letting somebody make him doubt who he is. I was like, you, you helped me be brave enough to do this at 41, which, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I'm a 41 year old who got divorced because she's gay. And that's crazy. Um, but it was a really sweet moment. And he, you know, we both cried and like, it was just this sweet moment where I could show Arrow that just because he's a kid doesn't mean he's not affecting people in this great, amazing way that, you know, look, your grandparents wouldn't have changed. You know, your mom probably would still be married to a guy, which again, Dan is a great guy, great dad, but you know, I like ladies. So makes it kind of difficult. For sure. Did, could, was he able to grasp like that him just simply being like unapologetically being himself has had this really positive impact? Right. I don't know because I've, you know, there, um, there's a person that worked at Dutch bros in hood river and we went all the time and they were super cool. And the Dutch bros crew in hood river that used to be there just, they were like arrows, biggest supporters. They were the most amazing people. And one of them was, um, uh, a gay girl and meeting arrow and watching Arrow transition helped that person to realize this is what's been missing. This oh is the missing piece that I've been looking for my whole life. And here's this 10-year-old kid who showed it to me. And they've since transitioned and are themselves and happy. And I've had a couple other people say hey, reading your son's story on Instagram was something that totally helped me come to terms with who I am. And I've tried telling Arrow that. And he just kind of smiles and is like, oh, that's cool. And I don't think he grasps how phenomenal that is. Like, yeah, like to touch one person's life in your lifetime in a great way is amazing. Absolutely. But to touch people in a way that like fundamentally changes how they think is huge. It's, and I, I don't think that he grasps that yet. I don't, it's going to mean so much to him when he's like able to understand. I think like, cause I'm like sitting here in tears. Like this is like just right? thinking that this kid just being himself, like, uh, the, the, the doors he's opened up, not only for himself or his family, but like for these strangers, for people who are just coming across him, like to like have those people be able to, you know, like, Oh my God. Yeah. That is so powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful. It's, it's really cool. And we've met, um, it's funny. Cause I like just, I get so many texts and phone calls from friends who are like, oh my gosh, I met this mom and they have a trans kid who's just coming out and they don't know what to do. Can they call you? And of course, call me, text me. You know, I'm so, I may not have all your answers you need, but I'm so here for you. And Arrow's got to meet a couple of these kids. And it's been really cool to 
you know, not only have this amazing community that we found on Instagram through a private message that I sent to like trans fit man magazine or something like years ago, I think that's how you and I started following each other. Like it's been so amazing to have that community. And, you know, there have been a few trans guys who have sent arrow letters or birthday presents, like just amazing, these amazing people that, I, that, you know, see him as this little brother, you know, that's, it, it's just amazing, but it's been really cool to actually get to meet people Arrow's age or even, you know, people older. There's, uh, there was a guy in, in Portland and I typically do not meet people <laughs> that I just know online. I mean, I've done a dating site and I met a couple of people, you know, very publicly, but I'm always telling my kids, do not try to meet people you find online. And this is so dangerous. And, um, there was this one guy that, uh, his sister actually read the post on TransFit man's magazine and she messaged me and was like, oh my gosh, can you please follow my brother? I'm going to tell him to follow you. And we ended up getting to meet each other in Portland before he moved. And it was great. Like it's, it's this really cool community that, I mean, I'm, I'm not trans, but I feel so much love from that community, like so much support and knowing that there's so many people I could message on Instagram if I needed help, if I, you know, if Arrow was having a crisis, if I had a question about, holy shit, did you experience this on testosterone? Because, oh my God, you know, it's so cool to have that, that community and to just know that, man, these people, you know, totally have your back. Yeah, you're not alone. And yeah, 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 I like to, I like to try and, you know, we're all a team type thing, you know? We got to right? work together because in, the thing is like in a lot of these cases, you know, no one else has the answers for us except for us within the community who's going through this, you know? Yeah. Like, you had somebody reach out to you and tell you to go to their doctor. Like you didn't even know what to do at that point, you yeah. know, and, and vice versa. I'm sure people have reached out to you and you've told them, oh, you need an endocrinologist or you need this. And they're like, right? I didn't have a clue. That's, that's what I had to do. You know, like I've been in that position almost every step of my transition, like not knowing what to do. Yeah. So that's, yeah, like it's really important that we all kind of like share the knowledge, share the resources that we know about because it's the only way that our community is going to get any stronger and also have people on the outside, like as allies who are willing to also help because, you know, that that's just unfortunately how it is. Yeah. I'm so like grateful that you've been willing to share like Arrow's story, your story, your family's story, because it's really important for not, not just like, you know, adults like me who are, you know, older that need to hear these things to help other people or whatever, but also like the kids who are going to be going through it, the kids Arrow's age who are yeah. 10 years old and they're exclaiming that they're a boy or they're a girl and, you know, maybe their parents have no idea what to do. Like, they need to hear that there's like, there is hope. And I think like similar to Arrow's experience, how you said with your father, like you wanted to just let, you didn't want to push your father. You wanted to let him see the difference in Arrow. 
I that's kind of how I was with when I came out to people that I like I was worried how they react. I was like, you know what? I don't care how they react oh. because I'm gonna let them see the difference. And and they did see the difference. Like they they and that's the that's probably the consistent um feedback I've gotten from like family members or my parents, friends or anything is like, wow, he is so different than he was you know, before this, like he is so outgoing and he's so, you know, fun and nice and whatever. Like I was just an angry, not, you know, I was a miserable, angry, depressed kid. And like, yeah, that came out at every turn. So like, I think it's important, like, you know, to just show people like, you know, just, okay, we don't have to convince you with words. You'll see it. You'll see the difference. And your father, your father saw that. Yeah. Dan's parents got to see it too, because they live closer. So they, you know, firsthand saw you know, I remember Dan's mom a couple times saying, wow, he seems so much happier because he was, he was this scared, depressed, anxious, grouchy, you know, because everything was wrong in in his head. Everything was wrong. So what was there to be happy about? Right. And even, so he always had strange sensory issues. Like he could only wear certain pants if a drop of water got on his shirt. He had to change his whole outfit and he would change outfits constantly. And I remember that was one of the first things I said to his endocrinologist. And she's like, Oh, that's so normal. And I was like, Oh, finally, like somebody is like, okay, your kid, this is so normal for these kids. Like, yes. Changing your outfit a million times. Yes. Having weird issues with blanket corners because everything has to be right because nothing feels right inside. That's exactly how I was. <clears throat> and it was amazing. It was amazing because so many other doctors were like, oh, it's just a phase. I mean, I had him tested for autism because I was like, I don't understand what's happening. And I knew he wasn't autistic, but I was like, something's not matching up, something is off. And so to, to have the doctor say, yeah, like, this is okay. This is normal. You're going to be fine. Oh my God. I'm sure that was probably a huge relief though. Oh, right. It was just a relief for Arrow to say, I'm a boy. It made, it made his whole existence be like, yeah. Oh my God. You make sense now. Like, Everything from the time you wanted to be like your dad makes sense. All these things that we just kept like brushing off as just oddities, you know? So now what is the, what is his next step as far as like, so, uh, you know, cause he started, he started testosterone at 13 and a half. So d- will he just continue on that until, I mean, obviously the rest of his life, but like, is there a process that he has to do differently for like, let's say top surgery or something? Um, supposedly he's not, he shouldn't need top surgery. If the, if the tissue that he has on his chest, we don't call them breasts because they're not breasts. Um, it's not even really breast tissue, but if that does dissipate to a comfortable level for him, um, then he should never need top surgery, which will be amazing. Like amazing. So amazing. Um, uh, but if, if they don't, if they stay at an uncomfortable size, then I am like all for 
when he's 16, having that taken care of, I don't, you know, I, I want my son to feel comfortable in his body and to be comfortable taking his shirt off and to be comfortable just living as he is and not have to feel like he's constantly like pulling at his shirt because he doesn't want somebody to see that he has man boobs, which most teenage boys get little man boobs. Like, I mean, even his, his endocrinologist showed him a picture of her son and was like, look, he's your age. He has man boobs. They'll go away. So he could have top surgery at 16? Um, yes and no. I think they, I don't know if it's Oregon or Washington that lowered it to 16. Just this year it got lowered to 16. Um, That's with parental consent, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So my hope is that he will just lose that part naturally. Um, and then, you know, he is back and forth with, with hysterectomy. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to save his eggs. He doesn't want to ever carry a child. He never has. I mean, even when he was little, he never wanted to be pregnant. Bottom surgery is a big back and forth thing. And I'm like, buddy, you're 14. You can't get bottom surgery for another four years at least. And in that four years, there's going to be huge changes to it. Like I showed him an article that was, um, they did a successful penile transplant. Granted, it was on a cis man, but he was injured in battle and they did a successful penile transplant, which if they can do it on a cis man, they will figure out how to do it for a trans guy. Like, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And I know there's a doctor in Germany that's supposed to be really phenomenal with it, but that means living in Germany for a while, which would be totally awesome. And I would so volunteer to go stay with him there. But, you know, that's really far away. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he, I'm sure you probably had this where you, you know, when he first came out, he, I remember just, in tears, in tears, because he was so afraid that nobody was going to love him because he didn't have the right body parts. And I'm just like, oh, my God, but that doesn't matter. Like, the person who falls in love with you isn't going to fall in love with you because you have a penis or a vagina or boobs or no boobs. Like, they're going to fall in love with you because you're an amazing person and they find you attractive and they have fun with you. And that's why they fall in love with you. And you know, but explaining that to a 10 or 11 year old. Yeah. They're like, you're just saying that cause you're my mom, which yes and no, I'm saying it cause I'm your mom. And I'm also saying it because it's true. Um, and so for a long time, Nash, every time I found a new trans guy on Instagram who had a significant other, like you were one of them. I'd be like, look at his pictures. Look, see, see, like body parts don't matter. I felt the same way as him. I, I really did. Like, you know, even now, and I'll tell you what, even now after bottom surgery, I still worry about that sometimes. Really? Yeah, because it's still like, to me, I'm still like, well, I can't do things as, you know, a cis man would in the same way a cis man, you um, know, like, it can't, I can't, I can't just be like, let's do it right now. You know, like there's, there's still little differences. And so like, right. I know that she doesn't care about my body parts, uh, you know, but it's, it's still that internal dialogue of like, 
you know, there's that little difference still. And, you know, we we work on it. I work on it. At some point, it'll probably not be a big problem. But And not that it's a big problem now, but it's, you know, those moments of the dysphoria. That's what it comes down to. It's just an adventure, Nash. Like, it's a new adventure in your that's life. That's what I keep telling myself. It's a new adventure, and it's just like, you know, it is what it is. It works for me. It works, like in a way that makes me happy and like I have to just remember that I don't need to be like a cis man I need to just be like myself and I think that's important like the same for him like he'll find the right person for him whoever they are and like they will love his body as it is and that's all that matters yeah he has to be comfortable whatever that whatever that means yeah and you know having a conversation with your 10 11 year old about dildos and strap-ons and oral sex and hands and was not a I mean I'm fine having that conversation I didn't think I'd be having it at 10 you know but I'm like look you know it's not just about penis and vaginas like you can totally enjoy a sex I'm like how do you think gay women have sex like not every lesbian uses a strap-on or uses a dildo like there's so many other ways to please everybody's different and I think like with uh trans people just in general being more like visible nowadays like i think that there are people realizing the same thing we're talking about that like it's just a body like it's just about the person it's not about the body you know Um, yeah and probably by the time he's ready for any of that it'll be even more of like it's just a body i love this person yeah and i went back and forth too a lot of people go back and forth like a lot of people i've talked to you know, they go back and forth. And I think like, ultimately, it's like, the, that decision has to be made because that's what's right for you and not anybody else. That's interesting you say that because I just had that conversation with him the other day. Like, if you're with somebody who tells you you need to have bottom surgery, you need to not be with that person. Like, you need to leave, like, pack your shit and bounce. Like, it's not... It's only for you to decide. I said, I can't make that decision. Your dad can't. Your friends can't. Like, ask any guy or girl who's transitioned. Those decisions probably took years and weren't the easiest decisions. And nobody could make that for them. And nobody could tell them, hey, you need to have top surgery because I'm with you and I don't want you to have boobs. So the wrong person. Even if you were like, okay, I'll have the surgery because they want me to, there's going to be something else that they find wrong with you later on. Right? Yeah. Now you need to gain weight or lose weight or build more muscle or like, it's just not, that's so interesting that you say that because I just had that. He's like, I know mom. And I'm like, I know, you know, but as your mother, I need to reiterate this to you many, many, many times. And you're going to get sick of it, but I'm never going to stop telling you this. Like, even if you've been married for 10 years, I'm still going to be telling you, like, you make your decisions for you. Absolutely. But I think you do a good job of modeling that for your kids, too, like, without having to use your words. So, you know, I'm sure that when they're able, you know, uh, like, mentally mature enough to understand it, they they will understand that. Yeah, I hope so. I hope. You are such a wonderful you know, mother. I, mean, I can't, like, you're such a great parent. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I totally... I know I've totally fucked them up somehow in some way because I'm just human. (laughs) But, you know, I'm sure they're going to need therapy someday and I'm going to be brought up in therapy, which is totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, But, yeah, I I really – 
I've been told by more than one person that I'm not parenting my children right, that I treat them too much like friends and not kids, and that I treat them like they're older than they are. And, um, and really, in my opinion, like they're just many adults, like just because my 11 year old is 11 doesn't mean she can't understand adult concepts and have adult thinking. And I think, you know, when parents dummy things down for kids or don't let them make decisions for themselves, it affects those kids their whole lives. Like it doesn't give them the confidence to make decisions and to know that they can think like an adult. And, you know, I, granted there are some choices that I'm like, no, sorry. This one I got to say no to. Love you, but no. Um, But I think, like, there's no magical recipe for being a parent. I think the biggest thing to do is to trust your kid and support them and and don't like don't let your own beliefs and your own desires for your kid affect how you raise them like I'm so fucking glad I don't have three daughters like that terrified me now it's like oh my gosh that terrified me and I'm so glad that Arrow is who he is and that my girls are who they are and that, you know, hopefully I and their dad can instill in them that they are so capable of making right choices. And when they make wrong choices, let me tell you, they are totally honest with me. Hey, mom, I was at so-and-so's house the other night and I drank alcohol. Okay. Thank you for letting me know you're not in trouble this time. You're not in trouble this time. You know, like I think if, I think if parents were more open to really hearing their kids and understanding their kids, I think it would make a difference, especially for kids like Arrow for even for adults, you know, if, if you're seen and heard and, and allowed to make those decisions, it would drastically improve the lives of trans people that of gay people of you know so many people to be witnessed and heard and you know not told no you're not old enough to make this decision or I don't know you're you're not mentally well enough to you're too depressed to make this I don't know I've heard I've heard a couple trans guys say that their parents were like well you're just doing this because you're depressed like yeah, because coming out as trans is totally going to make my life like a million times easier. No one would. No one is going to be like, hey, this sounds like a fun game for the weekend. Let me transition. Right. Like when being gay was a choice. Like who, who chooses a life where they know that they have fewer rights? They're going to be bullied. Like nobody would choose that. You know? So, yeah. Being trans is just a phase. How old were you when you came out? So I came out as like gay when I was seven. I'm sorry, when I was in seventh grade. Not when I was seven. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you knew young, sorry, dude. Seventh grade, so like thirteen, and then I came out as trans just four or five years ago. Um, 
and then I started. So in March of 2019 will be four years I've been on testosterone. So little over four years ago. Wow. Yeah. So not like so I'm 30 now. So I didn't come out till I was 26. 20, 25, 26. So, you know, and, but, but like I had all of the, you know, quote, like classic signs of not being a girl either. The same stuff you were saying, like I never played with girls toys. I hated girls clothes. Like there are pictures of me. I, my sister is actually 14 months younger than me and my parents would dress us up in the same outfits. And I like, she, she'd be smiling (laughs) so happy. And I'm like, arms crossed, like miserable, you know, like just all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, I just, I was never a, a classic girl in any way. Um, and, and yeah, it's my parents, when I was younger, they would ask, my mom would ask me, Are, do you want to be a boy? And I would always say no. Um, I saw. Like it was a bad yes, thing if you wanted yes, to be a boy. Because yeah, because that's how, that's what I was made to believe was like, it's not normal. Mm. It's not okay. You know, um, more so from society, not necessarily like my parents as much. I mean, they had a lot of concerns, but um you know, I saw Boys Don't Cry when I was like 13 or 14. Oh, that's a good movie. It's a great movie. But when you're 13 or 14, it doesn't exactly make you feel comfortable saying, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy, you know, right. I think it, it just gives you a very scary impression of what your life will be like. So, you know, there was just, I didn't feel like it was something I could do. Yeah. So it took me a really long time. And, um, I wish that I was able to understand earlier that that's what it was because I think I would have had a much different and probably easier life in a lot of ways, um, you know, to not have to go through years of unknown and feeling othered and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, I'm interested in watching like Arrow continue to grow and see how like happy he continues to become because I think that a lot of, you know, even though it's been hard these last few years, I think that like moving forward, hopefully, you know, it will be easier and he will have like a much easier time in high school and college and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's my hope. I know Dan's, Dan's parents had it in their heads that, you know, he's never, he's not going to have a good life. He's not going to be happy. You know, oh, well maybe he'll be happier when he, when he, uh, passes better, which in my mind even when I look at pictures of him when he was little and in a dress, he doesn't look like a girl. He looks like a boy in a dress with long hair. He was born with this little tiny head and little tiny features. He looked like a little elf. Like he never had those like big puffy baby features, especially baby girl features. Like he never had these big blue eyes and these big fat cheeks and these big lips. Like he was always like, it made him look older than he was. People always thought he was older than he was because he always had teeny tiny little features instead of these big cutesy. He just looked like an elf. I'm so happy for him. I feel so excited for him. Like I can't wait to just like continue watching his journey. Like it's so nice to see him becoming himself more and more. It's pretty cool. It's a trip to watch your kid go through this and it's, it's really amazing and man I'm so grateful that medical technology is where it's at now and they you know he doesn't have to suffer with you know female puberty and which I think that would have been detrimental to him 
and he's so lucky to have supportive parents too. Like that's Thanks. huge. That's huge. If no one else accepts them to at least have mom and dad, like loving yeah. and accepting them and saying like, you know, we are here. You're, you're awesome. <laughs> and Dan is awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's done that a couple of times where he's hugged me and you're the best mom ever. And I'm so glad I picked you to be my mom. And I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so glad you picked me too. Well, thank you so much. This is really great. I can't wait to share this with other people. Yeah, thanks for letting me do this with you. It's really cool. No, thank you. I really, really, it really means a lot. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Transitional Wisdom. If you feel you'd like to share your story or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at nash at transitionalwisdom.org or visit our website, transitionalwisdom.org. And please don't forget to like, share, rate, whatever. It really helps us reach a wider audience of people who may find this helpful. And hey, thanks. Who knew this would happen? A magic potion could save my life. Who knew that these feelings had a name? I'm worthy of change, same as you are. Mirror, mirror, don't you judge me. I love my shit.